Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 559, recorded live on May 20th, 2018, and here are your hosts, the man who is the very model of a modern major general, Dave Pillay. Hi. And the man who's going to have to explain why he has a Gilbert and Sullivan reference in the intro, Andy Lowe. Hi. I think your intro is a little meta, but okay. Why am I the model of a modern major general? Uh, With information, vegetable, animal, and mineral, who knows the kings of England and can quote the fights historical from Marathon to Waterloo in order categorical. That's why. By the way, I'm very well acquainted to it matters mathematical, and I understand equations, both the simple and quadratical. So my brother last night... uh, Yeah? (laughs) ...randomly posted on his Facebook page, I will give credit to anyone that knows the significance of information, vegetable, animal, and mineral. Okay. And because of you... And your inherent ability to literally just rattle off that song at a moment's notice. <laughs> yes. I, you know, right away responded uh, kind of cryptically GNS, question mark, because, yep. you know. You don't want to give it away. I don't want to give it away, yeah. Yes. So that's, you know, it's like, correct, but from whom and from what? And I'm like, well, I know exactly from whom and what. I was trying to be cryptic, but, you know. Uh-huh. And I said, I had had to do a hat tip to you because you are literally the reason why that is in my head. Awesome. I have not actually ever seen that Gilbert and Sullivan. (laughs) I'm also a fan of the the Animaniacs version. Oh, yeah. You know, that one, I've got that on soundtrack, goodness sakes. I've got that on CD. I am the very model of a cartoon individual. Mm -hmm. From Bert, who is a cannibal. Yep. When in a gem, I just feel stuff, and then the villains and their tricks are froze. Oh Man, my god, so good. So good. Oh, yeah, no, I, I grew up listening to Gilbert and Sullivan patter songs. I absolutely know several of them. I think three, maybe four. Oh, God, how many operas by Gilbert and Sullivan? How many? Uh, okay, so I've how seen the Gondoliers. Like 13. I was I was actually in the gondoliers actually cuz yeah our church actually for some odd reason kept on doing Gilbert and Sullivan operas cuz they're awesome I know uh, let's see so I've seen the gondoliers seen the mikado mhm pirates of penans yes penzance sure pirates of penans pirates of penzance they are the pirates the famous pirates of penzance And I think that's it. No Pinafore? No. Iolanti? No. Those are both really good. Oh, I don't doubt it. But just just putting that out there, like, Pinafore is really good. Oh, wait, no, did I... No, I must have seen Pinafore, and I haven't seen Pirates. I might have gotten that flipped, sorry. Saw Pinafore, but not Pirates. Yes. It would make sense, given that you've never seen Major General. Generals, yeah. Is, sorry, I, I had Pirates. to look that up in my head. Okay, yeah, yeah so yeah, Pinafore, yes, Mikado, yes, was in gondoliers. Nickel, neodymium, neptunium, germanium, iron, americium, ruthenium, never mind. The Tom Lehrer version, which is just the names of the elements on the periodic table. Uh, I've seen Daniel Radcliffe do that version. And Daniel Radcliffe has it memorized, yes, because mm-hmm. he's a big Tom Lehrer fan and a Gilbert and Sullivan fan. Yeah, no, that song has been stuck in my head since last night so i had to you know i had to share the love 
I I appreciate the uh, the tip. Mm-hmm. Well, should credit is credit should be given where credit is due. Yep. So I I then pass that to my father, who is the one who who showed it to me, inspired my love of Gilbert and Sullivan. <sighs> so hi, Andy. Hello. How are you? I'm doing good. Yeah. Did you have a nice week? I did. It was a bit crazy. Did you have a uh, a successful Pokemon Go community day? Oh wait, never mind. I just want to know when the hell that Harry Potter version is going to come out. Are you going to play it? I'm curious about it. I'm more curious about Harry Potter version than I am, you know, about... Pokemon, given that you never played Pokemon. Mm -hmm. You never played Pokemon? No, I started to, and then my OCD kicked in, and then I'm like, I had to try and shut it down, but even then it was just... In in what way? Like the the collection hoarding thing? Mm Mm-hmm. When I realized, like, the version that I was playing, I could not actually collect them all. It was just, oh. I mean, you, you can, though. Now with the, um, now with the so, uh, emulated so version it, that I was using. It turns out that, because you were playing Pokemon Blue and Red, right? Yes. So, Pokemon Blue and Red are held together with chewing gum, twine, and the wishes of angels. Okay. It is a really, really broken game. Like, really broken. Like, there there are things you can do where you can directly edit the memory of the game. Really? Yeah. So, <laughs> it, it turns out there's a glitch in the menus in Pokemon Red and Blue where you can over-scroll, and when... When you scroll past the end of the menu, you start to scroll into the memory. Like, the menu's in memory, so you're always scrolling through memory. But because you can scroll past the end of the menu, uh, you can scroll down to the rest of memory and start editing. Because you're in the menu. And so making changes to the menu, like dropping items, changes that value, that associated value in the memory. So you you actually can get all 151 Pokemon. Hmm. You just have to hack the game to do it. Well, I don't know how to do that. There's there's tutorials. Uh the the world record for doing so is 1 hour and 45 minutes. Oh, sorry, that's any percent. Um catch them all 1 hour and 40 minutes. Okay. Which is kind of amusing, because it means it took less time to catch all 151 Pokemon than it did to actually beat the game. (laughs) Few rules. Uh, Timing by RTA. Wow. All other emulators are banned. (laughs) What? (laughs) The only allowed emulator is the latest release of Game Battle Speedrun. With the GBC BIOS image, all other emulators are banned. If using an emulator saves states and speed uh, speed up for any reason is not allowed. Using emulator to create custom palettes that are not usable on a kind of official console is not allowed. Uh, must do the file. Wow. They, they take this very seriously. <laughs> what are some of the other reverse badge order? How? Because the game is made with chewing gum. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, if you got like an hour to kill or two hours, there's a video of the the run attempt for the catch 'em all. So getting all 151 Pokemon. 
Yeah, no, I think I'm okay. You sure? Yeah. Positive? Yeah. Okay. How was your community day event thingy-majiggy? I got two shinies, and that's it. And I was very sad, because I was with people who, like, got seven or ten or whatever. I'm like, you assholes. That's that's the point of the community day, is to go and get the shinies, really. It, it has nothing to do with community. Nothing at all. Also not true. It has plenty to do, and we I got to hang out with a bunch of cool people. So it was a lot of fun. Well, okay. Yeah, I just, uh, yesterday, what did we do? Didn't do much, but that was okay. Okay. Just kind of sat around. Mm-hmm. It was good weather for it yesterday. It was bright and sunny and gorgeous, and then I look outside today, and it's like... 50 degrees and cloudy and rainy. What's it at here? 62, the possibility of rain. Echo, what's the weather? Right now in Madison, it's 50 degrees Fahrenheit with cloudy skies. Today's forecast has rainy weather with a high of 59 degrees and a low of 48 degrees. There you go. Oh, by the way, I bought a, a dot. Okay. So, so you can have one office. upstairs, one downstairs, or what? Yeah, except that they came in a two-pack, so there's two upstairs and one downstairs. Don't okay. worry, I'll, I'll review it next week. All right, I'm sorry, I'm just looking at the wonder map here, and I'm trying to figure out how I just look at frickin' just the radar. Oh, radar, there it is. No, I don't want the weather stations, I just want rain. Oh, yeah, it's gonna be raining. Or it <laughs> should be raining right now. <laughs> look outside. All the windows around me are covered by blinds. Oh, sorry, not blinds, curtains. Curtains. Mm-hmm. It's curtains for you. Curtains. Curtains. I say, meow, meow. Curtain. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> not why people listen? Question mark. Maybe why people listen? I really don't know. I I don't know either. Um, should we hit topics? Uh, maybe. Probably. Which well, topic would you like to talk about first? Well, we can talk about the weather and environment with the EPA. Yeah, let's do that. So, um, Illinois' attorney general plans yes. on suing the EPA because the EPA adjusted how they figured out um, counties' uh, requirements for enforcing the standards issued in 2015. Okay. And so with this new data, um, they exempted an area of Racine County in Wisconsin. Oh, like <laughs> the the area near where like the, um, the shoot, Chinese company manufacturing. Foxconn. Foxconn plant is going to be. Yes. Yeah. Just happens to be that area. Yeah. The EPA left Racine County off its non-attainment list despite an agency staff analysis of ozone levels in Wisconsin published in December, which found that the county's air exceeded federal ozone limits. So Illinois being, you know, right, right next, next door. It. Yeah. I I so here's the thing, like the immediate thing that comes to my mind is I wonder if they're just still pissed because they were also in consideration for that plant. Like they felt that they should be getting more because most of the people who are going to work there may end up actually living in Illinois. Oh, I don't doubt it. Just a short <laughs> Right. And so they're like, well, but then why aren't we getting shit, too? And and so, like, part of me is like, oh, this is this is just them being, like, whiny. But on the other hand, part, like, this is like, no, shit, this is really important. And, like, there's there's crap going on here. Hold on, I'm just trying to see how far Racine, Wisconsin is from the border. <laughs> Not very. 
it is literally 18 mile drive from yeah. downtown Racine to the Wisconsin Illinois border. Yeah. See, I, yeah, yeah, I have a feeling. Yes, there's going to be a lot of people living in Illinois who are going to be working in Wisconsin. So yeah, the Illinois has sued the EPA, saying, "What the fuck, guys?" Yeah. Pollution monitoring data has shown the county's ozone levels exceeded the 70 parts per billion limit. But, you know, due to the changing of how the EPA calculates the data, Racine, Wisconsin has been exempted from that. If Racine had been designated as a non-attainment area, it would have required Foxconn to install stringent pollution control equipment. Which they wouldn't have done. They'd have been like, screw you, we're just not building there. Mm -hmm. So yes, the, the Foxconn saga continues. Oh, it will continue for some time. Mm-hmm. God damn. All right. Well, sorry about that. Because, like, the pollution's going to go across the lake. Yeah. I just want to know what the current uh, Lake Michigan stuff, that what's going to be the status with that, which probably is nothing. So do we have any happy news to counter that? Uh, a, a group of researchers yeah. in France okay. have made the world's tiniest house. Like, is it just big enough to lay down in? Nope. It is much smaller than that. I, the, the word you're looking for, Andy, is coffin, not house. <laughs> okay. No, the, the world's tiniest house is like teeny, teeny, tiny. How tiny is it? You know how tiny a mite is? That's, yes. A mite cannot fit into this house. What? It is micrometers wide. Oh, so we're talking like the when IBM, you know, built the logo out of single atoms, sort of. Yeah. Well, a little bigger than that, but yes. IBM, I mean the the logo out of atoms, that's like angstroms, right? That's that's like nanometer. Because micro is bigger than nano, right? Metric prefixes. Yeah. So a micrometer is a thousandth of a millimeter. So if you lined up a thousand of these houses, they would be a few millimeters wide. A sheet of silica was placed on the tip of an optical fiber, and then an ion beam was used to cut out the shapes of the house and its windows. To fold the walls up, the ion beam was used to score the silica membrane. Once it was thin enough, it folded up 90 degrees all on its own. Oh, geez. Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, it's just kind of cool. It's a couple of atoms thick. I, I, well, I don't know that. I'm guessing that. Like, it's just so tiny. Teeny, teeny little house. Researchers are also aiming to create even small structures that could fit onto carbon nanotubes 20 to 100 nanometers in diameter. Oh, geez. Yeah, so. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just a, like, it's kind of like a proof of concept, right? Yes. It's the, look at the precision and scale that we can do this. But when things are that small. So, yeah, that's that's kind of the happier news. Just like, yeah, people did something cool. Okay. Um, Speaking of folding and that sort of things. Yeah. The, uh, Boeing has yes. a new line of 777 planes. With the folding wingtips. Yes. Yeah. That finally got through. The FAA uh, approved it on Friday. So what is the advantage of this? Um, the advantage is that the wings on the plane right now uh, are 235 feet wide. Okay. I do not know why that's a problem. Because um, gates at airports. It can't fit. Yeah, it's like your car is too wide to fit in the garage with another car that is very wide. 
So by folding the tip, mm-hmm. they can fit better. Yeah, they can. They can fit in. They don't have to have other gates built for it. Like the uh, the Airbus A three eighty has a wingspan of two hundred and sixty two feet, and there are certain airports that cannot handle it because they have to have special gates in order to accommodate it because it is so wide. Okay, <laughs> you you think that would have been something they would have talked about in the design process? I think the A380 actually, even with its wings, if I remember correctly, they also, um, yeah, if you look at the wings of an A380, you know, Google A380. Okay. A380. I have Googled A380 and I'm looking at the wings. Look at the very end of the wings. You see that little bit at the end? The little flare? Yes. Yeah. That flare is used to make it so the wings don't have to be as long. So the wings were originally going to be longer. Okay. But they put that little flare at the end so they could actually shorten the wingspan just a little bit. But even then, it's still so big. I mean, these planes are just huge, right? Like, what was the, the, the super plane, the something goose? Oh, the spruce goose? The spruce goose. How big is the spruce goose compared to, like, an A380? Uh, I am not the, I know that I'm not the first person to ask this question. Largest plane in the world. Here we go. What the hell is that? List of large aircraft. Here we go. Okay. Uh, size comparison of four of the yeah, largest. Yeah, A three eighty is bigger than the Spruce Goose. Uh, no, Spruce Goose is has a wingspan of ninety seven point five meters. A three eighty has a wingspan of seventy nine point eight meters. Yes, but look at nose to tail. Okay. So yeah, nose to tail. It's a bit longer. It's about the same height as a spruce goose as well. What the hell is this Block 1 Gagarin class? That's that's got to be a Russian thing. Block 1 Gagarin class. Oh, no, it's a sci-fi thing. Oh, from Star Trek. And <laughs> <laughs> like why is this thing so big? What the hell is it? Oh, it's from Star Trek. So spruce goose currently still has the largest like wingspan, but like Space-wise... Uh, it actually doesn't have the longest wingspan. Really? Yes. What the Strato Launch Carrier Aircraft. Oh, well. I think that's a... Is that a military one, if I remember correctly? Probably. The fuck is that? That doesn't count. That's two planes. <laughs> uh, that's... I think that's this, like, atmospheric research one where it just stays up there for God knows how long. When you need to design a custom, like, hangar to work on your plane, you're cheating. The straddle-launch carrier. No, it's, that's not military, though. It's like, that's to get things up into the atmosphere and then launch them from there. Well, fine, then. If you want to talk about just a normal plane. Yeah. Where was it? It was a, it's a Russian plane. Of course it is. Uh, the Anatovov AN-225. Anatolov. Anatonov. Strategic airlift cargo carrier. Well, but, I mean, so compare that to, like, what is it, the C-130? 11 of the largest cargo planes. Okay, yeah, Anatolov is still, like, the biggest. Although, the Super Guppy is is just friggin' adorable. (laughs) Is that the one with, like, the bump on it? Go look it up. Super Guppy? Super Guppy. Aww. Right. Like, come on. <laughs> we need to transport something really, really big. 
Well, guess we'll slice off the front of the plane, put the thing in, and then reattach the front of the plane. <laughs> it's looked like somebody grabbed the plane and started to try and blow it up like a balloon. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, that thing has to be so, like, difficult to actually pilot. I, I don't know. Oh, there are just some really big planes out there. Yep. That AN-225 with the picture of the space shuttle on the back of it, mm-hmm. that's that's really like, the shuttle is big. It does not look big. It's so tiny and cute on the back of this giant-ass plane. Only one exists. So it's not that, that like this is a class of plane. Like, only one of them exists. Mm. Which, of course, I'm sure makes it even more expensive to use. There's a second one that is approximately 60% completed. <laughs> But it keeps running out of funding. Hmm. Wow. Right. You go on, because otherwise I'm just going to be stuck here looking at this thing and going like, this is a gigantic plane! Mm-hmm. Sony it's- has made an announcement at the Sony Vita. Yeah? They are no longer going to produce physical games for it. In the U.S. And in Europe. In Japan, they still will. Yeah, but in the U.S. and in Europe, they are not. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, that's just another brick in the wall for digital-based gaming because... Wait, I'm sorry. Say that again? It's another what? Brick in the wall for... No, brick in the wall... Uh... It, nail in the coffin? That would be... That yes, that'd you're... be a better... Yes, is that nail in the coffin for, for physical... Brick yes, in the wall? A... Is this a like, cask of Monteado reference? Like, I've never heard that before. I might be. Did you just make it up? That, or it could be, you know, Pink Floyd's, you know, Brick in the Wall. Which I'm sure comes from Cask of Monteado, but, like, another Brick in the Wall, the title of the song, set variations on the same theme. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure you were going for Nail in a Coffin. Mm. Yeah, no, it's, okay, so yes, it is another Nail in the Coffin for physical gaming. Okay. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Yes, so, uh, yeah, kinda? I mean, yes, but also, like, I have my my Game Boy, G, not Game Boy DS, they're called Game Boys anymore. I have my Nintendo DS, uh, 3DS, and I, like, I don't buy the virtual games for it. No? No, I, I buy the physical ones. But why? Because I like having the physical ones, and because I don't need to worry about managing, like, credentials, and I don't need to worry about... Oh no, my Game Boy died. I have to like re-download everything. And oh, you want to play this game? Sure. Here, you can borrow it. On the Switch, too. I've been buying physical games instead of downloading them. Do you feel like you're becoming less and less of the majority? Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I trying to think that when I would actually buy. I think the last Physical game I bought. Civ 6? That you bought a physical game of? Yeah, physical. You have a physical copy of Civ 6? I, I suppose I should I should point out, uh, both of those examples are for handhelds and, and portable gaming devices, right? My, my 3DS and the Switch, technically the Switch is a portable gaming device. Um, for the computer... I've, I've bought Steam. Like, I have not bought a physical computer game in years. It's around here somewhere. Oh, jeez. 
Oh. Uh, yeah, it's somewhere. <laughs> I swear it's around here somewhere, though. I swear. Yeah, I'll find it later. So speaking of Steam, Steam Link on your phone? Yeah. So now you can play Steam games on your phone? If you're on the same Wi-Fi network as your computer? Yes, so basically at home. The app won't really allow you to take your gaming with you wherever you go, since your phone has to be either physically linked to the PC via Ethernet, which, huh? Or connected to the same 5 gigahertz Wi-Fi network. Oh, you can actually use the Steam controller to use it on your phone as well. Yep, which I have. You can also use any other Android-compatible controller, though, as well. Yeah. So I'm I'm kind of excited with the idea of maybe this will work on the Chromebook. Because if I could get it to work on the Chromebook, then it's basically just a, like, portable screen for my desktop. I mean, I guess it always has been because, like, I've got Google Remote Desktop. But this is a bit more optimized. I, I guess so. I... I don't know. Normally, if I'm you know I'm playing something on my computer, I'm going to play it on my computer. So I, it's it's a neat idea in practice. I don't think I would ever use it though. Ah, uh, yeah. I don't know. the The thing is, like, you can only do it with games that you can really use a controller with. Mm-hmm. I'm still also slightly confused by the physically connecting your phone via Ethernet. I mean, you can. Is that a thing? I guess. If you really want to have, like, a good connection to your home network... Connect Android to Ethernet. USB fast Ethernet adapter. Okay. Hmm. I guess that's a thing. Yeah. I'm not sure why you'd want it to be, but it could be. Well, we've got we've got Chromebooks that we can use in the studio at work. Mm-hmm. We just connect them to the Wi-Fi just because that's easy. Plus, it don't, I don't think it has an Ethernet adapter on it. So it could be, you know, something for something like that with a Chromebook or a tablet or something. I know it would be nice to have a tablet that could plug into the Ethernet network. Yeah. Why would you want a tablet connected to your Ethernet network? As a simple uh, VNC sort of remote desktop sort of thing? Why not just use the Wi-Fi? Because the Wi-Fi got lag. Ah, okay. Plus, I don't think we've actually got a 5 gigahertz Wi-Fi at work. I think our Wi-Fi at work is just 2.4 gigahertz. So yeah, it, I evidently it's... have 5 gigahertz here and just have never used it. <laughs> I am currently connected to our 5 gigahertz connection, I do believe. Is it is it better? Like You got better throughput. I guess I could do a speed test on one versus the other. You're not going to have as much distance versus 2.4, but you should have better throughput. You should have twice as much throughput because you're on, you know, you're able to change the signal twice as often due to the frequency. In theory. In theory. In theory, yes. So if I get on my Wi-Fi and I do the FCC speed test, please reactivate the app. What? They've done some updates, I'm guessing. Yeah, evidently so. Activation. Uh, speaking of the FCC, while we were, while I wait for this, there was a, a thing this week about the FCC. Yes. Several things, actually. Um, one that the FCC is like, huh, that's weird. And one that's the FCC is like, well, goddammit. And I'm, I'm pretty pleased about the, well, goddammit one. Yes, because the Senate was able to get a, um, vote, uh... CRA. Yeah, the CRA vote. And it passed, 52 to 47. Woo! Which means it moves to the House. And if it somehow gets through the House, it will go to the President's desk. 
So here's here's the thing. I, first off, I, I give it 50-50 chance of getting through the house. Like, I'm actually more positive on it than I know a lot of people are. I know a lot of people are like, it's not going to pass the house. It will never get past the house. But, like, people understand, politicians understand that their they their seats are threatened right now. Like, in numbers that they have not experienced in a long time. So I'm feeling pretty, pretty, like, that might be a thing. But then it's going to go to the president. The president who put Ajit Pai on the FCC chair and, and said, like, yes, you're going to stay there and said, like, do what you want to do. The president who has supported this man. And here's the thing. I don't know how he's going to go on this one. My initial gut is he'd he'd vote it down, right? He'd say like, oh, yeah. or he'd veto, not vote. He'd just veto yeah, he'd, it. he'd veto it. That's... Aji Pai will say, hey, veto this. And he'll say, okay. On the other hand, he's shrewd. And he took a very, very large payment from AT&T. Like that's been in the news recently. And he he is a businessman and a negotiator, and I could see him going to AT&T and saying, look, I'm going to vote this down. I'm, I'm going to let this pass. I'm going to uh, not get in the way of this. And that is the proof that I'm not in AT&T's pocket. And when AT&T's merger with Time Warner comes across, I'm going to pressure the Justice Department to say, let, let it happen. I don't even think it's going to, I honestly, I don't even think how, uh, Paul Ryan is even going to bring this up as a vote. Does he get the option? Yes. I thought Let's because see. it was a CRA, they had to do it. I don't think so. Oh, they have 90 Democrats, no surprise, to uh, trying to get enough signatures to force a similar vote. They have 90 Democrats, but need over 20 Republican representatives to break ranks and sign on in order to get the vote. So they can force it. Yes. But they, they need the signatures for it. Yeah. So it has nothing to do with Ryan. It's just they need the signatures. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, introduced a discharge petition allowing the House to force a vote if half the representatives sign on, an action to get around the Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, who would almost certainly stall a traditionally presented motion to save net neutrality. And stalling it in this case is as good as just not yeah. voting it. Like, because after 90 days or whatever, it goes into effect, and then we can't do the, the review anymore. Mm-hmm. A bill must be brought to the House floor for a vote. The majority of representatives sign a discharge petition. Uh, okay, so we just need to get people to sign this. Contact your congressman. It, it is a real thing. Like, contact your congressman. Um, one of the senators, I don't remember who it was, said something that, like, they got 6,000 calls for net neutrality and 10 against. And... The the house is going to be even more like, oh, these are my constituents. These are what this is what people actually want. And if I vote against this, people will take note. Mm -hmm. Oh, the question is, is Fred Upton <laughs> going to. Oh, God, really? I don't know if. Uh, is, is that your. Yeah. The man who was on the Energy and Commerce Committee. I, uh, I also would like to take this opportunity to remind people about ResistBot. 
that if you want help contacting your congressman, if you want some way of getting a hold of them, this is a a um, it's a chat bot, really. But it lives on SMS or on Facebook and you can just text it and it helps you construct something to send to your congressman. Okay, let's see. 107 Republican members of Congress in December of last year sent the FCC Chairman Ajit Pai a letter supporting his plan to repeal net neutrality. Let's look for Fred. Yep, there he is. He's received $1.5 million from the telecom industry. Yeah, that's going to be an uphill fight. But it's it's a fight worth fighting. It's a fight I we know. might actually be able to make an impact in. Yep. So off to the house. Mm-hmm. SJ Res 52. Wow, that's, that's a really short bill. <laughs> Providing for congressional disapproval under Chapter 8 of Title 5, United States Code of the Rules Submitted by the Federal Communications Commission Relating to Restoring Internet Freedom, resolved by the Senate and House of the USA in Congress assembled that Congress disapproves this rule submitted by the FCC relating to restoring Internet freedom and such rules shall have no force or effect. That's it. That is like the entire bill saying you did a bad thing and it doesn't count. Uh, H.J. Resolution. Oh, H. Resolution 873. Is that this one? The I same one? I think so. Yep. Chapter 8, Section 5. Introduced in the House on 5 7 2018. Sets forth the rule for consideration of the joint resolution HJ, Resolution 129, providing for Congress disapproval under Chapter 8, Title 5, United States Code of the Rule, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so we need House Resolution 873. Got it. Is, so that's the one that we need the Senate, to, or not the Senate, the House to approve? Yes. Approve H Resolution 873, which will set forth the rules for voting on HJ, Resolution 129, I do believe. Mmm. We can find the joint resolution that exceed one hour. Yeah, so this is the rules of how they would debate this. I don't know. We are God seriously. damn the house is just We're in the weeds. Yeah, I'm I'm sitting here on Congress.gov and it's just like this is gross, man. There should be um, a link. I know there there used to be a link for the Senate, but yeah. Okay, so there's there's HJ Res 129 and HJ Res 131, which are identical bills, and HJ Res 131 is the related bill from Mike Doyle, who's the one who said he was going to be taking the the steps. Yeah. I think it's I think it's HJ Res 131. Uh that's not the discharge petition. Oh. That's just the bill in the house, but they need the discharge petition to actually get that to the floor. Hang on. Hang on. Like this is important. Or I feel like this is important. Sponsorship, sponsored legislation. Um maybe not. Okay. I don't know if we can give you the the exact Joint Resolution 131. Yep. So if you're looking for things to say, uh, I support H.J. Res 131 and that uh, you you support the Congressional Review Act and that the FCC should be stopped in taking the actions to remove the net neutrality pieces. Okay. Okay. I think so. I think I got it now. Got it. You know what you're going to say? Yes, I do believe You're going to say it too? Yes. Okay. So other, um, uh, some actual good news. According to NVIDIA, their GPUs are back down to manufacturer-suggested retail price. Woo! That's good. 
right? I do believe so. And they oh, actually gonna... now are posting uh, what retailers are there available on as well. Cool. How long are they going to stay that way? It's an excellent question. Because, <laughs> like, I'm glad that they're they're back down to a normal, reasonable price, but that means that the the Bitcoin miners could just buy them. Well, hopefully the Bitcoin mining is slowing down. I mean, it is, because there's a static number of Bitcoin. Yep. So it, it is indeed slowing down, but that just means that they're throwing more and more technology at it. Well, there's also some new mining equipment that's showing up. ASIC miners? No idea what they are. ASIC miner value real-time mining hardware profitability. ASIC miners. Best Bitcoin mining has evolved dramatically. Miners quickly moved onto using GPUs, 50 to 100 times faster, consumed less power. Field programmable gate array processors. Application-specific integrated circuit miners. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it is a computer designed with the single purpose of Bitcoin mining. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. Approximate Bitcoin earned per month with, wow. So if you purchase the Antminer S7, uh, which is basically its own little self-contained unit, um, for $480, you get approximately 0.16 Bitcoin per month. What is the, the current Bitcoin value? Wow. So if you buy this, Andy, yeah. and run it, uh, in a month, you will have tripled the, the investment. In theory. In theory. Yeah, I think I'm okay. But like, if you pay $500 after a month, you've made back that $500 and $800 more. How much am I paying for electricity? Uh, it is 0.25 watts per gigahertz. I'm not sure that that's a really good, uh, um, like measurement. I guess when you when you do this in bulk and you want to compare it, it is. Uh, and in, in which case, if you're concerned about power, there's the Antminer S9, which is 0.09 watts per gigahertz. So less than half the consumption. And the the approximate Bitcoin earned is, in fact, twice the amount. So 0.36 Bitcoin per month. So with only a $2,000 investment after a month, you've made your money back. I think I'm okay. A new study estimates that the process of Bitcoining consumes at least 2.6 gigawatts of power. Yes. Worldwide? Uh, this figure could rise to 7.7 .7 gigawatts before the end of 2018, accounting for almost half of percent of the world's electricity consumption. The Bitcoin network was consuming roughly 32 terawatt hours annually. That's a lot. By the way, I finished my uh, 5 gigahertz versus 2 point whatever gigahertz. Yeah. Um, 5 gigahertz had a better download. Mm -hmm. Definitely not twice as good. No. Um, it went from 3.9 megabits to 4.8 megabits. However, the upload speed dropped from 10 megabits to 2.8 megabits per second. And the latency well, doubled and the packet loss went up to 6%. I think it's because I'm far away from the router. Ah, there you go. If, if I did this next to the router, I think I'd get very different results. Okay, here in theory, 2.4 gigahertz will support up to 600 megabits per second. 5 gigahertz Wi-Fi will support up to... 1300 megabits per second which you know it also depends on which wireless standard you're using you know ideal conditions that sort of thing mm -hmm. and you know i have a feeling i'm you know 
currently my internet speed is not 600 megabits per second. So it would have to be internal on your network, which is what you'd be doing anyway, because the Steam link would be on your internal network. Right. Which, you know, if you just run Ethernet cable, you're going to hit the, you know, gigabit standard pretty easily without blinking an eye and not having to worry about, you know, wireless interference and all that jazz. Yep. Uh, what else we got here? Um, so I'm guessing your other FCC one was about the cell phone tracking. Yeah, because I said that there's two of them. Yeah. So a website um, did a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, was it called Location Smart? Location Smart identifies the locations of phones connected to AT&T, Sprint, T-Mobile, or Verizon, often to an accuracy of a few hundred yards. <clears throat> While the firm claims it provides the location lookup service only for legitimate and authorized purposes, that a demo tool on the website could be used just to buy, by just about anyone to s- track the real-time whereabouts of just about anyone else. In theory... To use this demo tool, it required interested people to enter their name, email address, and phone number into a web form. Location Smart would then text the phone number and request permission to query the cell phone network tower closest to the device, and then it would report it back to this demo web page. Well, security researchers figured out a way to get around this stupid uh, thing. Just of it was that they could track most people's cell phones without their consent using the demo thing on this web page. Oops. So the uh, the FCC said, uh, what? <laughs> I'm sorry, you're allowing people to do what now? Yeah, uh, we're gonna send you to our investigative department. Oh, uh-oh. Not the FCC investigation department. Well, that's the preliminary step in uh, enforcement, so... I mean, but, like, what are they going to do? Find them, I guess? I guess. And say, like, hey, stop this. Mm-hmm. Bad person. Bad website. Stop it. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure much is actually going to happen about it. I mean, someone's going to get fined. Yeah, it's just... It, yeah. It's a bit scary and ridiculous, but okay. What else we got here? Oh, speaking of cell phones, um, people are, once again, getting reminded not to throw their cell phone batteries out with the trash. Say that again? Don't throw your cell phone batteries out in the trash. Okay. Thrown out lithium-ion batteries were responsible for 65% of waste fire waste facility fires in California last year. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at that. That's terrible. Oh, no. Just, just, I, oh, God. Now I feel like a terrible person for laughing. But at the same time, the idea of, like, people not thinking about it and just throwing it away, and then the machines crushing the lithium-ion batteries because they crush everything, and then the lithium-ion batteries just exploding because that's what they do. It does strike me as odd sometimes that, like, we carry small explosive devices in our pocket. Mm Mm-hmm. A discarded lithium-ion battery was the cause of a five-alarm fire at a recycling facility in Queens, New York, that burned for two days. That's really not good. Unsuspecting sanitation workers in New York City experienced an explosion in the back of a garbage truck when a trash battery blew up after being compacted. (laughs) So yes, California has started a program to remind people not to try and blow up your garbage van. Please don't throw out your lithium-ion batteries. Yeah. What are you supposed to do with them then? Um, some cities have recycling programs. Home Depot, Lowe's, and Best Buy also offer ways to properly recycle your thing. Basically, call to recycle.org. It's a PSA we've had on the radio station for a long time. Recycle.org? Call to recycle.org. Call to recycle.org. Yep. The site can't be reached. Number two. Oh. 
calltorecycle.org. Why? Yep. Why is it the number two? I don't know. Because when you say that on air, what do you say? They say call, I think it's like call the number two recycle.org, I think is what they say on the PSA. Except then I'd be like, so do I type in the words the number and two? I don't know. Like, why? Why? And the other site is available. I don't know. I just work here. Oh, God. My new, that's my new phrase at work is, I don't know. I just work here. Yep. Why is it this way? I don't know. I just work here. Yes. No, the nearest recycling place for lithium ion batteries for me is the Lowe's, followed closely by the Home Depot just down the road. Um, in this week's, that sounds friggin' rad. And then the more you think about it, you think it's actually pretty good. Uh, they're adding jets to a motorcycle. Uh, why? Oh, a sensor will detect the wheel slip and fire gas from an airbag type accumulator out of a tank size in the model. Oh, okay, I see. I see, okay. Well, that's an interesting idea. I hope it doesn't accidentally go off while I'm, you know... I don't know what it is. Every time I try and use Google Maps for some odd reason and another person's app, it crashes my network connection. Okay. The same thing happened last week when I was looking at something on Google Maps. Hi. It crashed my uh, network connection, which is weird because I literally set it up as a static IP. I got nothing for you. Yeah, I don't know either. It's like, okay, you know, here's my address. You know, here's the gateway address. Nothing will change. And yet somehow I lose the network connection. Yep. But only when I'm looking at Google Maps. But anyway, we probably should uh, wrap this up. Okay. But, but, but what? Motorcycles with jets. Yes, and like I said, I'm not sure if it got cut off or not. Um, I would really hope that it doesn't accidentally go off while you're driving down the road normally. That would be a little weird, yes. Yeah. You accidentally like, hit a bump and suddenly your motorcycle is literally going sideways. Well, so the the point is, like, as you're rounding the corner, as you lean over, if the, the wheels lose traction, they will slide out from under you. And so I, when I first saw the, the, like the prototype image, the, the concept image, I thought it's like, it's weird. It's going backwards because the jet is shooting away from the road, which makes it look like it would push you down. But it's actually supposed to be forcing out the gas so that the, the wheels don't continue to slide, right? It's, it's shooting against the direction of the slide so that it pushes you back onto the road. Yes, and I'm saying, okay, you accidentally hit a bump, somehow set this thing off. And it's like, push, and then your whole motorcycle like slides to the left. Yeah. Yeah, that would suck. Yep, right. Randoms. Randoms. Random review I am doing this week is Marvel Strike Force because they kept on trying to frickin' advertise it everywhere. Yeah, I saw a lot of, like, ads for it. And? Well, Marvel Strike Force is a mobile, turn-based RPG game, kind of like in, Star Wars Galaxy vein. of Heroes and DC Legends. Okay, if, if we haven't played either of those, do you have more examples of what it would be like? Uh, squad-based Final Fantasy sort of thing. So, tactics. Yes. It's like Final Fantasy Tactics, or like Fire Emblem. Yeah, where, you know, you, you, you create a squad of people... Yep. You fight other squads of people or monsters or whatever, and then, you know, everybody's got um, basically a, a turn-based speed, kind of your initiative, and then, you know, goes in order, and you yep. have options of, you know, using your regular ability or using your special ability. And you, you move along on, like, a grid. 
Well, okay. yeah, you, you have a fight, and then if you win the fight, you can go to the next fight sort of thing there, and they've got other things there if you start getting up in levels. Okay, I, I got it in my head now, and it's with Marvel. Yep. Uh, Marvel MCU, Marvel 616. Um, I don't know, it's just Marvel. It's not MCU, because, you know, uh, you're fighting this... Uh, fighting Ultimus who's uh, head of the Kree, and there's this uh, multi-dimensional thing where he's taken, you know, other Earths okay, um, in other dimensions, and, you know, you're trying to defend your Earth and your dimension because it's a Nexus Earth, so you can connect to lots of different... Other Earths? Yeah. Um, it's... I, I've been trying to play it, but I've gotten bored very quickly with it. Especially, um, no joke, there is an auto button. So you hit the what? button and the game will play itself. What? Mm-hmm. You just, like, let the AI take over completely. Yeah. yeah. And not only that, if you beat a level with three stars, you can auto-play that level later, so you don't actually have to replay the level to get more materials and stuff, because it's an RPG, like, so you get materials to, you know, level up your characters. Um, yeah, and there's literally an auto-play button, so you can tell it how many times you want to auto-play that level and, you know, get different rewards each time. And of course, you know, there are loot boxes in here, these are called orbs. You, know, you collect materials, and you collect shards for characters to get in order to get new characters, and you gotta level them up and all that stuff. It's, uh, yeah... I'm currently level 12, and I have 10 guys. There's, like, I think some ridiculous amount of characters in the game. Can you purchase characters directly? Uh, Let's see. I've never actually really looked at the store. Uh, You can get orbs that uh, give you uh, shards of characters. Uh Uh-huh. You can buy the shards directly, but I'd... Oh, get heroes. Let's see if it... Nope, yeah, you have to, you know... Purchase the shards and hope. Yes. Yep, loot boxes. Here they are. A loot box by any other name. Mm Mm-hmm. There is, you know, a a decent um, single-player campaign, but like I said, you know, I'm already three chapters in and each chapter is about 10 you'll randomly will get characters you know as the game progresses on its own so i just you know was playing the thing and all of a sudden i got the punisher character just because but yeah no the game can literally play itself and i'm just like hmm that's uh who's who's your favorite character so far Uh, what characters do i have so far have got punisher spider-man daredevil luke cage electra crossbones and just generic characters as well. Generic characters. Yeah. Shield what? medic. Mercenary oh. soldier. Shield oh, assault. This is like background garbage characters. Yeah. The most generic of generics. Yes. So yeah, there's some parts of the games I still haven't gotten to yet. Because, you know, I have to be level 20 before I can join an alliance. Level 14 before I can do blitz. Level 30 before I can do arenas. Which I'm guessing is the PvP stuff. Which you wouldn't do anyway. No. Okay. So, it, it I mean, it doesn't sound overwhelmingly positive. Is it worth grabbing? Or just don't bother getting into it unless you really, really like Marvel? I guess so. How long are you going to stay with it? I'm not sure. Is it going to be one of those games where it just, like, falls off? Might just be, you know, the, the animation's kind of neat in there because, you know, all the characters have special abilities and they have, you know, unique animations. Yeah, but 
how long would will it take for you to get to the point where you can see all of those? Oh, probably forever. And is it worth it at that point? Probably not. <laughs> They're still updating it, though, so that's good, because it was just released this I year. I mean, that would be really sucky if they weren't, right? Like, ah-ha-ha, ha, new game, and we're done. Yeah. No more so, development. I mean, that that is how games used to be. I know. Game would be released, and then there's no such thing as an update. What do you mean an update? The update is version 2, like when they release the new game. But yeah, I, I I don't know. It's like I said, it's it's not very exciting to me. So, uh, if you, if you, you know, have a a need for a squad-based tactical RPG, it's interesting, but you know, I'm sitting there like upgrading my character and I'm like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just, you know, it says, "Hey, you can equip this basically Bluetooth headset on Spider-Man and that will increase these stats." And I'm like, "Okay, sure, whatever." You know, I basically play until I don't three star or, you know, beat the beat the thing without losing a character. If mm-hmm. I do, then I just go back to the, the training screen and then I just level everybody up again. And then I just play the thing until I, you know, don't get three stars. And then I just go back and I level people up. I don't, honestly just don't know what I'm doing. I'm just randomly adding things to the characters. <laughs> Andy, it sounds like there's other things you could do with your time. Yeah. Like somehow Luke Cage has a Bluetooth headset and a training manual, and somehow that increases his stamina. So, I don't know. I could just, you know, oh, I'm looking for this item, and I could just play the auto-win feature Mm -hmm. and possibly get the items that I'm looking for. So, there you go. It's interesting. It's brand new, so, you know, that's a... It will hopefully be around for a while, but I I don't think I am really interested in this Marvel game. Plus, it is killing my battery. (laughs) And, oh, my God, all the push notifications. Oh, no, that's that's a usual, like, those go away. Yeah, it's like, like hey, you know. I, I usually remove your those. Your free orbit is, orb is available, or this is available, or your team is, you know, recovered from this, that, and everything. I'm like, yeah, no, I those, don't. those Unless you can turn them off in the settings. I don't think I can. Hold on, I'm looking in the settings. Link account, Okay. No, I don't want any email from affiliates. Uh, I can turn off chat. Oh, that's how we turn off chat. Oh, thank God. Nope, nothing about notifications in there. Yeah, no, that that app would be long gone. Thank you for telling me that, because it's just not getting installed. Yep, so there you go, Marvel Strike Force. I came, I saw, I said poo-poo. So, random topic, rolled ahead of time. How do you use a slide ruler? As decoration. Uh, as self-defense. As a historical curiosity that was uh, an interesting bridge when knowledge of mathematics got to a certain point, but computers came on site and just made it completely obsolete. MIT has a page there about how to use a slide ruler. Yep. So here's the thing, like, if if I, I should print this out, this should be part of, like, a survival kit. You know, the the um, preppers, is is that the term for them? Yes. This, they, I, in fact, I've got a friend uh, who, who's a prepper, but not a prepper. Uh, and I think I might tell him, like, hey, by the way, you should have one of these and one of the instruction manuals. He's prepping for a food shortage. He He's pretty sure that, like, if... If something happens to knock out the power grid, which is not difficult to do anymore, 
and if we ever get into a serious war, could absolutely be a thing that happens. Um, there, there's going to be a massive food shortage, and so he's prepping for that. Okay. So, but having a slide rule, I think, would be a, a good because you won't have computers, right? The power grids out. Yeah. I can buy a slide ruler to estimate how much concrete I need based off of width, height, and length. Okay. That has very little to do with a slide rule. Well, it's a slide rule type-esque thing. I'm surprised you actually cannot buy a slide rule on Amazon. Really? I mean, who's making them? I don't know. You can probably find them on eBay, though. Westcott proportional... Circular things, concrete estimator. What do you mean I can't find a slide rule? Here's one. Here's one. Here's one. What are you looking Here's at? Here's one. Slide rule. By Midori? Nope. Incra TD Prot 12 Pro T rule. 12 inch. That's a slide rule? No, that's for marking paper. It's not a but slide rule, Dave. But it's frequently brought, like, it is bought with a slide rule manual. Why is it not a slide rule? That's that's not. That's no, it's not. Okay, uh, let me go back. Uh, slide rule picket N five hundred ES. Oh, I should probably search for that as all one word. N five hundred ES. N dash five hundred dash ES. Oh dash. Oh, why am I searching in toys and games? That's that would be part of your problem. Yep, hundred and ten dollars used. Yep. So you found somebody selling a collectible. Yep. eBay. You know, I can buy a vintage-style abacus. Andy? Yeah? Go to eBay. Well, yeah, no, I I don't doubt on eBay that you can buy used slide rolls. I'm just wondering if anybody's selling a new one. Five bucks. No, because no one's making them. Why is nobody making them? Because no one needs them. Circular slide roll. Oh, by the way, I've been meaning to ask, Laurel or Yanni? Laurel. Good. I really didn't want to answer that. (laughs) I have specifically not been answering anybody who's asked me, but... Have you read any of the analyses of it? No. I don't care. You No? You don't want to know why it's, it's actually a thing? Because it's not a thing? I just know that as soon as the White House latches on to an internet viral thing, it's yep. done. Yep. As soon as the White House... I don't care if it's a Democratic so, White House or Republican. As soon as so the White House latches it, on to it, it's it done. It is a recording of the word Laurel... But the um, it's it's a recording that's been distorted by passing it through several sets of bad speakers. I don't doubt it. It's and, and re-recording a copy, of a copy of a copy. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's just the the I I can't say the digital artifacting. It's actually the analog artifacting. But it's it it's really interesting of like why your brain processes it the way it does. Anyway, how do we use a slide rule? I don't. I use a computer. Yeah, no, I just would use it as self-defense, because this thing looks like it is hefty, comes in its own sheath, so you could, you know, attach a handle to it and pull it out like a sword. Nope. <laughs> yeah, no. Slide ruler, no. How do I use it? No idea. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, on that, that's a, that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. Thank you.